Well, Gary, the kids and I had a pretty big discussion this morning on what color shoes they could wear with what color pants they had on. And uh, I've only known this since I got married, so. (laughs) Ephesians chapter 5 this morning. We just sing about being near to the heart of God. I hope that's your desire. I hope that you're praying that as you're singing it. That is a prayer. Hold us that wait before you near to the heart of God. And, and if that is true in our life, if that's true in your heart this morning, then um, we can read the Word of God and we can apply it to our life. We can, we can accept what it says and, and not be offended by the Word of God. Christian, we, we shouldn't be offended by the Word of God. And I want to look at, at the topic of marriage this morning. Read a couple things I, I read this week. Uh, to begin with, marriage is when you agree to spend the rest of your life sleeping in a room that is too warm, besides someone who's sleeping in a room that is too cold. I read that this morning, I thought of my parents. My dad, the older he gets, the colder he gets. That house is an oven. And my poor mom sits there uh, with the window open above the bed and the fan on trying to breathe. And my dad has got eight covers stacked on top of him and you can see his nose. (laughs) I never thought he would be that guy, but he is. Uh, I read this also. Whenever you're wrong, admit it. Whenever you're right, shut up. Pretty good advice. (laughs) Marriage is like twirling a baton, turning a handspring, or eating with chopsticks. It looks easy until you try it. This is true. I thought about this this morning. Um, I know there are some here that have been married longer than I have, and some that have been married just a couple years. I am not an authority on marriage this morning, but I have what the Word of God says about it. And we can, we can look at that and, and apply it to our lives this morning. So I want to read verse 21 on down through the end of the chapter, but let's go to the Lord in prayer to begin with. Father, thank you for our time this morning. I just want to praise you for uh, the institution of marriage this morning, Father, that it is your institution, that you established this, Father, and, and when, when we are following you and we are walking with you, You are glorified in marriage. And Lord, I ask that you would just speak to us this morning. Use your word. Father, help us to just humbly accept what it says to us today. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Uh, I I was looking at it and thinking about it. A biblical picture is a husband and a wife. I'm not going to get into that this morning. But that is God's picture is a man and a woman. And he also, his, his picture also is that that is a lifetime commitment. I don't go into my marriage thinking if this doesn't work, I can try another one. I made the vow before uh, a church and before God that I was going to live with her till I died or she died. This is a lifelong commitment. I was listening to a man this, this week, and he, he's not a Christian by any means. His name is Jordan Peterson. He's very intellectual. And, and I like the way he looks at a lot of issues. He gets in trouble because he, he destroys some very worldly philosophies. 
And he was talking about marriage and he, from a philosophical viewpoint that being married for life is peace and joy and strength. And he says, we've made a vow. And he said, now that I've made that vow, I'm going to stick with you no matter what. He says, knowing that you're going to mess up, knowing that you're going to do things that are offensive to me, But he said, knowing that I can work through those and having the commitment that it is a lifelong uh, um, bond, then I will make the effort to work through the problems. This is a man that doesn't know Christ, and I was listening to him thinking, boy, I wish some Christians would get a hold of that. This is a lifelong commitment. She doesn't get to get rid of me. (laughs) And I praise the Lord for that. What a joy to know. But we have roles. We have biblical roles. God has put things together in a perfect manner. And for my marriage to be strong, for your marriage to be strong, it has to be according to the Word of God. So first of all, because ladies come first, right? Gentlemen, ladies first. We're going to talk about the wife. And then we're going to talk about the husband. Let's look at verse 22. It says, or starting in verse 21, Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. For so no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it even as the Lord the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife, even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husband." Now, there are so many statements in this passage of Scripture that are politically incorrect that will raise the hackles on a lot of people. <laughs> when you read this, it is, it is not what the world says. It is completely contrary to what the world says. The world portrays the husband as the buffoon, the idiot, And the wife has to keep order and maintain order and and keep dragging her stupid husband out of the messes that he gets himself in. And I'm not saying we aren't stupid at times as husbands. We certainly are. But the role is to... The world is fought tooth and nail to diminish the father in the home. And that's satanic. So... When we look at it, we've got to accept the fact that the world's philosophies are contrary to Scripture. And I, I want to look at wives this morning. And I want to do this. Please do not take me wrong. I, I, 
I want you to see that God cherishes and respects and elevates the role of a wife above any profession that you could ever have. It is, it is something that brings honor and glory to his name. The, the, the statement in verse 22, the end of it, it says, As unto the Lord. As unto the Lord. So first of all, looking at wives, it says that they are to submit. Now, I want to look at it this way, not self-willed. This does not mean that you are, that you are the slave of your husband. That you are just there to, to, to uh, respond to his every whim and wish. That is not what this means. But not self-willed. I see in the scripture over and over and over, wives, if you submit yourself unto your husband, you're accepting the authority of God. It's submitting to the authority of God. Your husband is not perfect. Your husband is dumb at times. (laughs) We will make ignorant mistakes. We will do things that are offensive to our wives. We will not always pick up after ourselves. Right? We make mistakes. So, it is not saying that the husband is perfect. It is saying that God has placed an order and it's perfect. Not self-willed. Go with me to 1 Peter, if you would, please. 1 Peter chapter, <coughs> chapter 3. Verse 6, I'm sorry, verse 5. For this manner in the old times, the holy women also who trusted in God adorned themselves being in subjection unto their own husbands. We'll get back to the other part of the chapter here in a minute. First part. Even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters ye are as long as ye do well and are not afraid with any amazement. I, I, I read through this passage several times this week and was was looking at verse 5. And the statement that steps out to me is, who trusted in God? Who trusted in God? They adorned themselves. Their, their life then was in subjection unto their own husbands. They, they understood and accepted that God placed the, father, the husband as the leader in the home. That is a godly, godly order. It's not an not a, not a importance ranking. It is just the order that God has made. Thank you, sir. So, can you look at it this way? I will accept God's authority in my life because I trust God. Not because I trust my husband. I hope you do. Husbands, you better be trustworthy. But not because you trust Him. He is flesh and blood. He will make mistakes. He will buy you a vacuum cleaner for your birthday, maybe. He's going to do things that disappoint you. But it says they are in subjection 
because they trust in God. Because they accept His order as right. So then we can reject all that the world says, and we can look back to the book and say, the husband is the leader in the home. And when I place myself under His authority, I'm trusting God to lead my husband and to lead my home. It makes it different, doesn't it? It should. We're just saying there is a place of comfort sweet near to the heart of God. Ladies, trusting God, you can submit to your husbands. It gives a quiet, meek and quiet spirit. We're going to look at that in a little bit. Proverbs 21.9 is, is uh, a verse that I always smile when we read it at home because I know Elizabeth's about to kick me in the shins. Verse 9 says, It is better to dwell in the corner of a housetop than with a brawling woman in a wide house. It's better for you husbands to go live up on top of the house in a little corner than to have a great big fancy home and an angry wife. Now, <laughs> living dangerously, Scott. I... I, uh, I read this, and I do smile because I, Elizabeth's looking at me, don't you say anything. <laughs> but I stop and I want to say, and I, and I talk to my daughters about it a little bit. Listen, if God gives you a husband someday, do you want him to have a home of peace and quiet? Because you are going to dictate that. He will too, but you will. It's better to not have anything to, than to live with an angry woman, one that is just bitter and, and, and on edge all the time. The husband has to walk on eggshells. A submissive spirit is quiet and meek and pleasant. And this is God's picture. This verse isn't written here to pick on women. This passage in Ephesians is not written here to pick on women. It is that God does things perfectly and He says for a happy home, this is the order that is right. You will not be the angry, brawling woman if you're submitted to God. Not self-willed and trusting God. My two points under wife here kind of run together, but go back with me to 1 Peter. Because I want to look at the first five verses. And and. Talk about this for just a minute. First Peter chapter 3. One through five. Likewise, ye wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they may without the word be won by the conversation of the wives. That verse is speaking of a, a wife that has an unsaved husband. Her lifestyle can, can win him to the Lord. While they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear, whose adorning let it not be that outward adorning of plaiting the hair and wearing of gold or of putting on of apparel, but let it be the hidden man of the heart in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, 
Then it says, which is in the sight of God of great price. For this manner in the old time, the holy men, her holy women also who trusted in God adorned themselves, being in subjection unto their own husbands. This is a powerful passage. It, it's telling, the, telling us that, ladies, your chaste, your, your separated, pure lifestyle, if your husband's not saved, can lead him to the Lord. If he is saved, it is a blessing to him. But more importantly, it is in the sight of God of great price. Beauty is described here as that chaste conversation, coupled with holy reverence, a meek, quiet spirit. Now, listen to me on this and, and, and understand it is, it is there, your worth then is in God and in your faith in God. Same with me. I have no worth outside of the grace of God. But ladies, it is not according to your outward beauty. It's not according to your talents or it's not according to anything that the world values. It is according to a meek and quiet spirit. This is what is of great price in the eyes of God. I've given this testimony before, but I want to mention her again because it's such an important part of my life. My great-grandma, on my dad's side, my great-grandma Ricker, I don't know how old she was when she got saved. She was saved as long as I knew her. She passed away when I was 17. But um, I know that she was saved when my grandpa was a child. My grandpa was 19 when he got saved. My grandma, great-grandma, lived with... um, was married to my great-grandpa for 57 years before he passed away. Great-grandpa was an alcoholic abuser. He was physically abusive and uh, verbally abusive to my great-grandma, to her children. She raised 10 children through the end of the Depression on into the 50s. One of my great uncles is only three years older than my dad. In a dirt farm in Kansas, where everything that my great-grandfather made, he took to the bar that night, spent it on whatever he could get to drink, and then fought everybody that he could fight. Came home and yelled at my grandma and told her how worthless she was. And the world would say, well, she should have left him years ago. She was raised that she had made a vow. She was raised that her godly conversation, coupled with fear, would convert her husband. Now, 57 years, my great-grandfather made a profession of faith six months before he died. Just six months. So she lived with him for 57 years, abusing her. That's a sweet, meek, and quiet spirit. When I was around her, that's all I ever saw. She was the nicest lady. She 
I don't remember how her food tasted, but she always had food ready for us. I loved being around great-grandma Ricker. I hated being around great-grandpa Ricker. He scared me half to death. I was eight or nine when he passed away. Earthly wisdom would say she leaves him. But she loved God and she loved her husband. And her godly conversation was the reason my grandfather got saved at 19. He got saved and met my grandma in Bible college. And I am a Christian this morning because of my great-grandma. She could put aside all of her feelings, all of her desires, because I promise you there was no sweetness in that marriage. There was no romance in that marriage. There was no gifts in that marriage. He didn't do anything for her, barely provided for her. Yet she had made a vow and she stuck with him. Now, I'm here today because of her faithfulness. She's in heaven today. Rejoicing that God gave her the strength to be godly through all of that time. She was submissive to a drunk, abusive husband because she loved God. I'm sure there were days where she hated that man. In her flesh, she probably did. But she surrendered to God and she said, I'm going to make this work no matter what. I love God and I'm surrendered to him. That meek and quiet spirit is in the sight of God great price. Great price. It's valuable. It's important. Husbands, if your wife has a meek and quiet spirit, cherish it. Encourage it. Praise God for it. She is a godly lady. And that is... That is valuable in the sight of God. So ladies, there's a need, first of all, for trusting God, and secondly, for just not being self-willed. Now, husbands, it says in verse 25, Love your wives even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. First thing I want to say about the husbands is you are to give of yourself And not in a little bit, as Christ did. Imagine crucified. He gave everything. As Christ did for us. Well, he left the throne of glory and stepped onto this earth. Put himself under the authority of mankind who he created. Walked in a flesh that was subject to all temptations like as we are, yet without sin. 33 years walking on this earth and died on the cross, took the penalty of our sins. That's my example of how I'm to give myself to my wife. There was no selfishness in Jesus. There was no no self-will at all. He said in the Garden of Gethsemane, not my will but thine be done. Husband, do you give of yourself as Christ did? So many times we're selfish, needy, Proud. Boy, we can get lifted up in pride as husbands so quickly. Give of yourself. 
even as Christ did unto the church. Cleave unto her. Cleave unto her. It says in verse 31, For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. That's that lifelong commitment. Husband, she is your all. That's it. <laughs> I, I talk to the, the kids and, and I try to stress this to the teen class. It's a lifelong commitment. She is the one. She's the only one. I'm to cleave to her. I left my father and my mother and she is now my life. We are now one flesh. This one, this one um, story I read, this guy was at somebody else's house and that that guy, that um, couple, their daughter called, had just got back from her honeymoon. It was in the first year of their marriage. The daughter calls and talks to the mom. Her and her husband had a great big fight. And she's wanting to, wanting to complain to her parents. So the mom says, I don't know what to do. And she gave the, the phone to the dad. And he talk, talks to her for a little bit, sets the phone down, comes back in. The visitor says, so what did you tell her? Or, or what did she say? He said, she said she wants to come home. And I told her, you are home. You are home. Now, like I said, I'm not here to, to spout that I know how to make a marriage work. I am, we're working on it still. We've been married 12 years. We've got a long ways to go. Patch the Pirate song we listened to on the way in. I'm a work in progress. But husbands, it has to be in our mind that she is all that I will look upon. She is all that I will ever desire. Job chapter 31 verse 1 says, it's a very short verse. I'm going to go ahead and turn there and make sure I say it right. I made a covenant with mine eyes. Why then should I think upon a maid? It's funny that he says with my eyes and changes to his mind at the end of that verse. Covenant with my eyes. Why then should I think upon a maid? Take the time, husbands, and read Proverbs chapter 5 this week. You are to cling to the wife of your youth. She is the only one. Our eyes can distract our mind and our heart. Cleaving unto her also means that her needs come first and will always be met first. I was considering that that's above the needs of your children, above the needs of your job, your extended family. She is to be first. So many times, wives get this backwards too. Your children do not come before your spouse. Your children will or should never come before your spouse. Now their needs are great. And they will take our time and, and we can spend all of it on them if we, if we are willing to. But husband... 
your time is to be spent with your wife first. Over the needs of your children. When your marriage is strong, your children will be happy. I lived in a secure home. I was thankful for that. I was fairly old before I saw my parents' first fight. My mom and dad kept it out of sight. They had a, they had a knockdown drag out. No, not physically. But the first fight that I ever saw them have, it was rough. And my, uh, don't tell my dad I told this, but him, he, when he left the room, he walked through and he kicked the, the cabinet and he slammed the bedroom door. And my mom was mad enough she went behind him. This isn't over with. And uh, my two brothers and I sat on the couch. And I thought they were done. I looked back at it as a little kid. I thought, well, they hate each other and they're going to leave each other. I was devastated. Their relationship affected my life completely. Now, they were back there for 30 minutes or so. They left us in torture for that long. (laughs) And they come back out, and they had uh, apologized and worked out their differences and, and prayed together. They came out and told us, okay, that was the first time you saw us fight. We've fought a lot, and we'll fight some more. Just... We're sorry that you had to see that. There's, we'll never leave each other. This home is secure. The only time in my childhood that I ever had a doubt about the security in my home. My parents are not perfect, but they worked together. And because they put each other before us, we were secure in the home. She is to be first in your life, no matter what. Cleave unto her. Some of you have grandchildren. Your spouse comes before your grandchildren. (laughs) My grandchildren, my kids, my grandchildren, wow. My kids cause division between my parents because they prefer one over the other, and I love it. I think it's hilarious. Go back to 1 Peter, if you would, please. 1 Peter, chapter 3. We read this part about the wives. Now let's read what it says about the husbands. It says, Likewise, ye husbands. Likewise, ye husbands. So, Go back and look at what it says. Husbands were to have the meek and quiet spirit as well. But then it says, Ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. Finally, be ye all of one mind, having compassion one of another, love as brethren be pitiful, be courteous. I put this under just love unconditionally. Love unconditionally. Husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge. That is, that they have weaknesses that we don't have. They are wired differently is the 
way we hear it said all the time. Giving honor unto them as unto the weaker vessel. Ladies, don't be offended by the weaker vessel statement. It doesn't mean that you are not strong. We know that mothers are strong. It means emotionally God has made you weaker. Spiritually, He's given us the responsibility of fighting the battles in the home and standing up and leading the home. So we need to be honoring them and being, be aware of their needs and love them unconditionally. Love them unconditionally. How's your home? I'm going to preach a short message this morning. I don't need to beleaguer the point. Listen, God instituted the marriage. He instituted the home. He placed the husband as the head. We're to lead. We're to be the spiritual advisor. We are to be the shield for our home. Ladies, he gave you the role of being the mother and raising the children. And these are of equal value and infinitely important. And in this, God is honored and and glorified. If we can just submit to God and take the role that He has given us. The home will be strong. Our children will follow the Lord. Verse 33 back in our text says, Husbands, nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife, even as himself. So love your wife, even as yourself. I wrestle with that statement in, in verse 28. I love their wives as their own bodies. Do I love my wife as I love myself? Do I desire to meet her every need? And the wife See that she reverence her husband. Don't run your husband down around others. Don't run your husband down in front of your children. Lift him up. Not in, not in lies, not, not in boasting or, or in falsehood, but, but encourage him, strengthen him. Let, let the kids reverence their husband so that we have godly homes. We're given this perfect institution of the family, and I'm so thankful for it. What a joy it is to have a godly wife and children that want to serve the Lord. And, and uh, in the midst of my chaos at home, I can just sit back and praise the Lord for what He's given me. Do you cherish your spouse this morning? Are you surrendered to God in taking the, the role of, that God has given you in your home? Let's pray. Father, thank you for our time this morning. I just want to praise you for um, the institutions that you've put in place. Father, for the church, praise you for it. Lord, help us to follow you and, and to always have you as the head of the church. Lord, leading and guiding us. 
Lord, I, I praise you for the home. I'm so thankful for it. Knowing that, Father, it is the, it is the bedrock of society. Father, if we have godly homes, we have, we have a godly society. Father, if we have godly husbands that will lead their, lead their home according to your word and in meekness and in, and in um, unconditional love to their wife, to their children, Lord, that, that uh, you would be glorified in that home. Father, thank you for um, our wives today. Thank you for godly ladies who, who in submissive uh, meekness will follow you. Lord, being surrendered to you, not to, not to uh, the ways of the world, but Lord, seeking to lift up your, your name. Father, that their children would be raised according to your word. I know that's their desire. I just ask, Father, that that uh, as we consider the home, we're so thankful for it, I ask that you would protect us, that you'd guide us. Father, if there's, if there's uh, needs this morning, Lord, if there's uh, bitterness towards a spouse or if there's pride in, in hearts this morning, I ask that you'd show us those things. Father, help us to surrender that to you, that our homes can be godly, led by you, and glorifying to you. Let's all stand with our heads bowed and eyes closed. We're going to take a short invitation this morning. It wasn't a salvation message, but if you don't know the Lord as your Savior this morning, you need to surrender, first of all, to Him. Jesus said, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, and, and if, that He's commanded all men everywhere to repent, that that sin in your life is offensive to God, and it separates between you and God. And you can never enter the presence of the Lord or never have the joy and peace in your life until you know Him as your Savior this morning. You can never have a godly home until you're following the Lord yourself. So if you don't, don't know the Lord as your Savior, I ask that you would consider that this morning. Accept Him as your Savior. Don't put it off. Husbands, are you f- being faithful to your wife in every way? Putting her needs before your own. Faithful in your mind. Faithful in your mind. Where, where have your thoughts been this week? You're to cleave to her. Wives, is it difficult to submit? I know the flesh fights that. Surrender to the Lord and you can surrender to the authority that He's placed in your life.